Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 348, recorded live on Saturday, February 22nd, 2014. And here are your hosts, the man who's probably sick of the cold, Dave Poy. Hey. The man who isn't sick of the cold, Andy Lowe. Hi. And our guest this week, the man who's probably never sick of the cold, Brian Lindsley. It's 23 degrees. We had a high this week. We had a high, high, high of like 38 degrees. Really? Because we hit 42. Yeah. We hit above freezing and we were we were pretty happy. We had thunder snow last Thursday. We had thunder, thunder snow. We had thunder, but no snow. That was the hot day. We had a whole lot of rain and then it dropped to uh, below freezing again. Yep. Thunder snow. Yeah, I think we heard some thunder. So yeah, we probably had thunder snow as well. So yeah, I am... Uh, perfectly fine with the cold yeah i rarely have any complaints dave you it's cold so i i was right in my assumption with the intro yeah i think so i mean it's only february so it, it's got another month and a half before we're we're supposed to get warm but i'm ready for that i don't know i normally feel like it should be warm by the time you hit saint patrick's day it definitely starts getting warm around that time historically like local historically like recent historically yes but not if you go back further yeah if we go back all the way to the ice age yes that's that's exactly what i meant of course uh, you know that's snow all year round right now i'm just curious what the average temperature is for saint patrick's day where i'm at Uh, i'm pretty sure you can find that i know weather underground has everything weather related so so now that we've talked about the weather do we talk about the local sports team the Olympics, uh, the Olympics are done. We're done. Are they? The uh, closing ceremony is tonight. How did we do? I will let you know once the uh, webpage loads. Oh, we're not in first. We're never in first, but we're pretty damn close. I think that's okay. Who won ice hockey? I know we did not. Canada. Reddit was yeah. Reddit was a buzz about that. Canada won ice hockey. Oh crap! Does that mean we have to keep Justin Bieber? We do. The sign was updated. I, I have to say, I was at the gym watching the U.S. women's hockey team take on Canada for the gold medal match. That was a heartbreaking loss. How come? Well, we were up by one goal with like a minute left to play, so Canada pulled their goalie. And we had possession of the puck, and we bounced it off the wall aiming for the empty net. Because you score, too, with one minute left to play. You're basically sealing the game, right? It hits the goal post. Oh, no. And then a couple seconds later, about 20 seconds later, Canada scores to tie up the game with less than a minute to play. So we go to overtime. A couple of penalties later, Canada's on the power play, four versus three, and they score a goal to win. So I'm like literally 30 seconds away from being all excited. And then, you know, a few minutes later, it's like, wait, we lost? What? Well, according to Google, the closing ceremony isn't until tomorrow. Or am I reading this wrong? I don't know, because I don't know what you're reading. No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah, by tomorrow, we mean Sunday. Sweden. But the U.S.'s involvement is done, and being Americans, that's, of course, all we care about, right? Yeah, true. Sure. One of these days, I wish I could find um, all of the actual events in, like, a Blu-ray form. I would love to just have everything. What do you mean? So I ended up buying the 2012 Olympics, and they don't cover all of the events from beginning to end. They give you the snapshots of it. Granted, it's still like 20-some hours long, but I, I wish I could find a source where it had every single 
event from start to end. I besides do have archiving to say, it for what? Like, would you want to actually sit and watch the entire Olympics? Absolutely. It it, it really doesn't give you the sense of depth that uh, watching a highlight doesn't compare to watching the entire event start to finish. I can honestly say if you had a large enough hard drive, the NBC Olympics website probably could have done it. The problem is I don't have cable, so I, I don't ah, have access to it. Well, there's your problem. Right, but yeah, and I don't want to go through all the hassle of doing that. It's recorded somewhere. If they would just compile it into a Blu-ray, I would buy it. I don't care if it costs like 200 bucks. That would be a big Blu-ray. It would be lots of Blu-rays. That would be several Blu-rays. Yep, and that's fine with me. It would just be nice to have the entire Olympics. Right, well, NBC? Yeah, I know. NBC has all of them online because you can still watch all of the replays. I hope that they are going to you know, keep them there so you can continue to watch all of the replays. But well, Can we watch the ones from 2012 on NBC? Because they have the, the rights then, too. That is an excellent question, and I don't think you can. So, I mean, it would be something nice to keep culturally. If the Olympics are going to be such a nice cultural event for all of us. Just my two cents. Oh, Bri, I think, may have taken a special interest in the Olympics, having created them in our online Civ game. No, I've had an interest far before that game. Uh, that game is, is so bizarre right now. Aren't most Civ games bizarre? They especially are when you end up going at King level. Oh, guys, you guys are playing on King? Yeah. Yep. Ready to join us, Andy? No, I suck on anything higher than the flat line level, whatever that's called. The, the level <laughs> where you don't get any bonuses and the computer also doesn't get any bonuses. I think that's Prince. That's one less than King. I know. When you start getting King and higher, that's when the, the computer actually gets bonuses against you, and then it just feels wrong. Well, it, it's to compensate for the fact that the computer is following pre-programmed algorithms and you are a creative thinker. Supposedly. I mean, just be glad that there are difficulty levels in the game, because if you go back to, like, some of the earlier Civ-type games, your difficulty level was directly related to your processing speed. The I faster processor you had, the harder the computer was. That would not be good in today's day and age. No, 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 no. Yeah, I wonder what that computer is like now if I were to play that same game. I, uh, <laughs> Five I turns, actually, you lose. What? I, I can talk about that with... Uh... One of those CDs you got many moons ago that had like 150 games all on one disc. Yeah. One of them with this was this uh, this traffic simulator where you actually had to like control the traffic lights and the uh, the you had to like send out tow trucks when people get into accidents, this sort of thing. Okay. It was entirely based off of the clock speed of the processor. Oh jeez. Ow. So that's unplayable. Yeah, I, I booted it up once, and then it was like, and then I was done. I'm like, what the frick was this? Yep. There's actually, there are programs that are designed to chomp down on your processor. Yeah. And if you wanted to, you could execute a couple of command lines to do something similar. Yep, and it just slows it way, way, way down. That said, I think an emulator would probably be best for this kind of situation. I mean, isn't that what DOSBox is? I assume so. I don't know. I've never played with DOSBox. I have not either. Or I have not as well. Yes, you have, Andy. I have? Yeah. Any of the Sierra games on Steam? Oh, I did not know that. Really, any old game on Steam or good old games uh, is basically running through DOSBox. 
Oh, that reminds me. I should go grab that thing from Good Old Games. I got the Dungeon Keeper for free. That's actually what made me sign up for Good Old Games. I Dungeon have not Keeper. played that. Getting a free copy of it? Yeah. Yep. Andy, you, oh man, because you love Evil Genius. I know, I do love Evil Genius. This is the game that like created Evil Genius. Well, I am good at the moment, especially when there was the Sid Meier's Humble Bundle. So now I have all of the Civ games and Railroads. Well, it's not like we didn't get a DRM copy or DM free copy of it. So true. So should we actually, you know, talk about Steam because that's one of our topics? Sure. So it came to light recently that Valve had set up with their anti-cheating stuff the ability to search through your DNS. This angered people. Lots of people. Because why the hell is Valve looking through my DNS history? That's not right. Well, I mean, it's a good way to catch if you've been to a web page that has cheats on it. I don't know that it was even looking for web pages so much as just connections to certain machines. Yeah, Gabe actually went to Reddit and uh, posted a post stating exactly what they were doing and why. Normally he said, we don't talk about this because it creates more opportunities for cheaters to attack the system, which makes sense. If you explain exactly how you're stopping them, they'll just learn from that and move on. Right. So yeah, they were checking the... Uh, VAC was checking your DNS cache to see if you were connecting to DRM servers for most cheats. Because people who cheats make cheats... Have DRM now. Yeah, they, well, the, 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 the cheating software is actually DRM'd because people want money for their cheats. Right. right. I, I'm just, I'm so amused that the, the software to cheat is now DRM. Well, how else are they going to get you to pay for it? It has an excellent point there. Is if you yeah. want to cheat... Well, we want our money, so... Uh, so yeah. cheaters have to worry about piracy. What a crazy world we live in. So, are either of you upset that Valve is digging through your DNS? Nope. I'm not sad because, uh, well, first off, they don't even check that right away. They look for the these DRM things for the cheating servers, and then once they were detected, then VAC will check through your the rest of your DNS cache. And I mean, there, there's a, at a point where you have to trust the company to be doing what they say they're doing with the data. Right. I mean, Google has way more on me than Valve is ever going to have. Right. And Gabe actually said less than a tenth of 1% of clients triggered this accessing of the DNS cache. Didn't he say also that it's obsolete already? Yeah, the uh, this specific test for specific round of cheats was ex- was effective for 13 days, and now it's already no longer active. Oh, jeez. Damn, this, wow, this race between cheaters and company, this is pretty severe. Well, there's many more cheaters than there are people in the company, at least people in the company assigned to the project. Yep. It's literally a cold war for cheating, which makes me think of the Butter so Battle that's Book. The, the Butter Battle Book? Butter side up versus butter side down. Yep. That was a good book. I never understood the parallels to the Cold War until I was much older. Well, it's kind of funny because we don't really get much of the Cold War. In, well, I got to see what modern U.S. history classes cover, but we never really covered most of the modern history of the United States. Yeah, that's one of the biggest qualms I had about my high school education was um, the last 40 or 50 years before I was born which would be kind of the most important culturally, we don't get to learn. 
Um, I'd, I'd say it was really more like the last 20 years from before you were born. Because we certainly got through, like, World War II. Okay, we hit World War II, but then... No, I never really had anything about the Korean War. The Korean War War and and intro to the Cold War. I didn't have any intro to the Cold War. It stopped around Vietnam. I barely touched Vietnam in my high school history classes. Okay, but the other part of that is, like, it's really hard to teach that as history in the same way that they were teaching the rest of history. And I'm sure Aaron is going to, to start commenting on this, but... Uh, it, to teach recent history as history, you don't have the perspective on it yet. It's really hard to do that. I don't know. I think we're far enough away to have a perspective on the moon landing and what that caused with for the advancement of technology in America. I, I mean, it, telling us just the events that happened would have been a big, big deal. I mean, it doesn't have to be whether it was right or wrong. Just knowing what happened is beneficial. I think my biggest qualm about history classes looking back now is they don't teach you how to learn more. Isn't that what Research Sem was all about? Research Sem was a writing class. Yeah, it was a writing class. But you had to do research. Eh, you had, you had to, to have some sources. You had to have sources and you had to, I mean there was a little bit of research but it wasn't it wasn't that kind of like here's the source of a ton of information. Like it was really more of, of, here's how you structure a paper. I mean, I don't even know where I would want to go if I wanted to learn history from the last 20 years. Newspapers. Library? Where in the library. And as far as newspapers go, they're dying out. No, newspapers in the library. You ask the librarian to go to the records. So Most I'm, of them are digitized already. So I'm going to have to read literally 20 years worth of newspapers? Pretty much. I mean, you can scan through the headlines. Somebody's bound to, at this point, have written a book about the modern age of history. Well, uh, Crash Course U.S. History goes up through the George W. Bush era. Oh, YouTube. I mean, you want an answer. That's your answer, is YouTube. What about the Khan Academy? Do they have anything history-related? Uh, they're still pretty math and science-y, last I knew, but they might have added history. Modern education is definitely different than what we had when we were growing up. That's definitely true. Modern education, as in what they teach in schools, is exactly the same as what we had growing up, because the educational system hasn't changed to adapt to the new technologies. I would argue that depends on a per-class basis. Okay, but I I would argue that on a national scale, it's still the same. Yeah, on a national scale, it is still the same, but Kate just pointed out how a kindergarten had an iPad. Yeah, a kindergartner has an iPad. At school. Okay. That's so there are change. glimmers of hope in the future. Teaching via an iPad is a, is a huge change. But are they really oh, yeah, teaching via the iPad, change. or is it the same thing as having an activity book? Are they using the technology in a meaningful, different way besides just saving on resources? I'd argue the difference between an activity book and an iPad could be instantaneous. Like, with an activity book, I could put in an answer, and I wouldn't ever know if it was right or wrong until was graded. With an iPad, I I can know instantly. But then you're just basically turning the book or the iPad into a new modern version of the book. Right. Which is still a new way. I'd say it's it's a minor modification. It is not a new paradigm of instruction. Well then, Mr. Teacher Man, what is the new paradigm for education? That's my point. There isn't one yet. Well, how would you want to use... if? Okay, let's say you were back teaching again, Dave. And I could do whatever I wanted. You could do whatever you wanted, and your entire class was given iPads. What would you do? I don't know yet. 
because we haven't figured out what we need to do yet. I guess the question you also have to ask him is what class is he teaching? Well, he's teaching his math class again. How the hell would iPads help you in math class? I don't know why you guys are fixated on iPads. iPads, that's not necessarily like the new technology or the new way to do this. I'll I'll tell you what, when I was, because I watched Crash Course recently, U.S. History, and and Brian knows this because I've been talking about it like, constantly uh but if if we had had that that kind of bite size here's a 10 minute summary of a 30 year period of history and here's the important features and the important facts and if we had started each week with one of those and then said go learn i would have consumed i would have gone and started looking up events and people and finding out what the hell was going on now is that because of different delivery mechanism and a different style or just a different instructor i don't know i think the new kind of piece of education is going to be the matrix it's going to be on demand knowledge and the system as it stands is not set up to support that i do have to say though the the old curmudgeon in me always cringes a little bit when we rely on external pieces of technology to be our memory banks okay what about the young whippersnapper in you and Rise got the a young point, whippersnapper in me loves it that, that Google storage. Uh, the young whippersnapper in me loves the fact that I can say, "Hey, I would like directions to our studio in Coldwater," and then Google will be like, "Here you go, follow these directions," and I'd be like, "Thank you." Or that I could look up in about ten seconds that temperature on March seventeenth in Madison typically varies between twenty-eight degrees Fahrenheit and forty-two degrees Fahrenheit, and is rarely below fifteen or above fifty-eight. Yeah, ours is forty-seven and twenty-eight, but yeah. And but then the we sun. always have to worry about things like the fact that if I'm sitting here doing some questions and I need to figure out the Pythagorean theorem, I could still do that in my head if I really needed to. A squared plus so, B squared equals C squared. How long would it take for you to call it on the internet, though? Probably not that long. You just do the square root of whatever numbers you had. Google can actually do all the math for you. But it's was, important to know why. I wasn't even going with the Google can do it for you. I was saying... To, to get the formula, you can easily look up Google yep, and then but, from there. But here we're starting to hit the, the edge of the other topic and the other side of this because you know everything is a duality of eventually someone has to know why this is the case. So should schools be teaching the why and not the, not the actual stuff? Well, you usually have to teach the stuff to teach the why. Like It, it doesn't help to know the proof of the Pythagorean theorem without knowing the Pythagorean theorem. It's actually impossible to know without knowing. What I'm getting at is you being tested on the on if you know the Pythagorean theorem is different than you being tested on why you need to know it. True. You see, that's the problem that I've been having with my uh, electronics courses. Because so I took the basic electronics and some of the more advanced electronics classes at the community college level. And we were definitely given the history of, okay, this is a resistor. This is a capacitor. This is what you do. This is how you calculate different things with them. But they never went to the, why is this circuit that we're diagramming here? Why is this capacitor in here? Why is this and the other thing in there? And then when you start getting into more complex circuitry, then you start running into issues because I'm looking at a circuit that I know it's an oscillator circuit. 
I know that the components are in there in a specific way and I could do calculations on it, but I honestly don't know why the circuit was built that way. Because some engineer built it or designed it. Yeah, which is kind of funny because some of the old school engineering guys that I still work with now are able to explain why the circuit is set up this way and why we need, oh, this type of uh, circuit to hook up to an AM transmitter, but... If it wasn't for them and their previous knowledge, I honestly would not know where to look to get that information. And this this has all been kind of predicted and described by Isaac Asimov in his Foundation series, where they lose nuclear power. And they lose it because they kept training their technicians on how to maintain the system and maintain the system and maintain the system. But eventually the system is going to break in ways that it hadn't broken before and they won't have a way to fix it. And that's going to happen so far down the line that everyone else has forgotten what the hell it is in the first place that's actually happening. I can see that happening right now with some of the broadcasting technologies. There is a select few people who understand how to create an FM transmitter doing this, that, and the other thing. And so they put it in a box and they sell it to all the radio station owners. The owners buy the transmitter, they plug it in, and they let their magic box work. If something goes wrong, they literally call the manufacturer and say, we need this fixed. I don't know what's wrong with it. And even the engineers who are in the business right now, who are you know younger than AARP enrollment age, are IT guys who don't understand. They understand how to maintain it. They understand what to look for. For, but they don't understand how to fix it. So it sounds to me like there's a gap of knowledge that needs to be handed down from the previous generation to this current generation. That sounds about right, yeah. So that was a fun little rat hole. Do we want to move on to something else? Why a rat hole? Why not a rabbit hole? It's so much nicer. Aereo! Aereo has suffered their first defeat. Where at? Utah. Now, Aereo is the, the small little uh, antennas, right? Yeah, the, like, I'm going to buy a warehouse and put in a couple hundred thousand antennas and then resell the, or just sell access to the antennas. Right. Which is coming to Madison soon. Each individual person gets one individual antenna and you pay them to access that antenna anywhere you would like. I'm actually really surprised that Dave's all that excited about this. Okay. Because it is only over-the-air signals, which everybody has access to already. Right. That's that's the main reason why I'm surprised he's... It's not like you can't do it already. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I can go downstairs, could easily do I this could go already. downstairs and shove a coat hanger into my TV and get these signals. Possibly. It depends if you're, uh, how their signals are being dis- uh, distributed, but yeah. Because we went to digital not too long ago, didn't we? Yeah, that was the TV transition. Yep. So... If you don't have the right circuitry in your TV, you can't, but... Pretty much, pretty much any TV built nowadays has. If it's a widescreen TV, it has... Yeah, this, this one, circuitry I'm pretty sure, can handle it. I don't know how new your, your TV is. I was just stating that. It's flat screen, widescreen, LCD, uh, 1080. Okay. I think it's 1080. It might only be 720. Oh, well. Um... <laughs> I, I'm more interested in it for the aspect of, like, you can view it from anywhere. Right, but you could do that with, uh, there's other, um, Slingboxes. Yeah, Slingbox. That's the one I was thinking of. Yep. You could set up your own media server to record and store all this data and then set up VLC on your laptop to pull it from wherever you're at. It's it's not hard to do, but Aereo basically does it for you, so you right. don't have to worry about the back end. Right. So, the U.S. District Court of Utah has granted an injunction against the service saying uh, you cannot expand. 
doesn't say you have to shut down, but you can't add more antennas and you can't sell to new people. What? And it's only for that area. So Aereo is not allowed in Utah, it seems, but everywhere else is fine. And it's, for the time it's being. still allowed in Utah for people who had already purchased it. What? <laughs> Has there ever been any other case of a court saying that you can't expand business to any other business out there? Well, remember, this is this is the preliminary injunction. This is not the final ruling. This is like a, hey, while we're considering this and while it's being considered at the Supreme Court and while there's other legal issues with this going on, you have to stop for now. Okay. That's, that's a slightly different view of it. And you only have to stop for now in, in, in the, the place that I have jurisdiction. Utah. Right. They, the 10th District can't force them to stop across the country. I guess they could if they actually made a ruling. but Well, no, because it would just be District Court of Utah, so it's a state court, I think. Or are the federal – this is a question for my brother, if the federal courts of states are allowed to rule on they're, other – Yes, they're federal courts, Andy. True. They, they can rule at the country level. They can be overturned by the Supreme Court. Which we're going to find out when the Supreme Court convenes again and starts hearing, it, hearing they, the court case. I'm trying to remember the, the schedule because I learned it once. It's they announce the cases in January, they hear the cases in June, and they give their verdicts in August. Does that sound right? I thought it was they hear them in May, and then they release well, the results. Like May through June, I guess. The Supreme Court's website is not helpful at all. Oh, it looks like they actually start hearing the oral arguments starting in February. Yeah, February through uh, April is when all the oral arguments are heard. And then June is when they give the verdicts. Hold on. Now I'm reading the actual Wikipedia article about the Supreme Court. Andy. Oh, what? Hold on. Well, this is not helpful at all. Uh, okay. The uh, May, June, and July, the court announces it uh, its opinions. So that's where we're at. Okay. That took me a couple of Wikipedia articles to finally get to. Digging down and down. Yeah. Okay. So, so speaking of taking on telecoms, yeah. Google Fiber is expanding to like 38 new cities. It's only like nine metropolitan areas. Yeah, and unfortunately none of them are around here. I wonder if they're going to places where there's a Google office, in which case both Ann Arbor and Madison have a fair shot. It looks like they're mostly around Portland, San Jose, Phoenix, San Antonio, Nashville, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Raleigh, Durham. Yeah, what what does Google have with the Appalachian area? Because there seems to be a lot there. There's a lot of people there. Well, I hope that they are successful and continue to spread it out. Which is kind of funny because one of the articles I posted on there was somebody um, talking about how Google's fiber network is actually creating another digital divide again between high-income and low-income families. Because high-income are doing Google Fiber? Yes, and the low-income Except- families are not. But Google Fiber is also available for free at a smaller speed. If you pay $300 up front to get your house wired for Oh, and that's a, a bit of a gap. Yeah. That is a high cost for entry. It is for the poor, at least. Especially since most of the poor would probably be renting rather than owning their house. So why would I pay $300 up front for this if... I'm not going to be around for it in six to eight months or whatever. That said, the owner of the house should maybe think about it as a, a good bonus for future um, uh, applicants. If I pay $300 up front, I can advertise that the house comes with Google Fiber access and charge $5 more than someone else. Right. True, but then if you're charging more, the low-income people are probably worried, first and foremost, about the bottom line of how much it's going to cost them per month to rent a location. Right. 
I mean, but, there's a trade-off. The, yeah, the, the trade-off, though, Andy, is that uh, you pay me five bucks a month more and you have access to Google Fiber, or you go down there, which is five bucks cheaper, but you have to get your own internet. So the question comes to the fact is, are they going to do the math and realize what the high-speed internet is going to give them? The real question is, is how badly do they want internet? Yep. Google really wants them to have internet. They spent lots of money to try and get people in the lower-income communities to actually sign up for this. Like, they had... People going out there with mobile vans. They went door to door. They were giving out free ice cream, for goodness sakes. Free ice cream? Because the poor love ice cream. I like ice cream. I think everybody likes Everyone ice likes cream. Everyone likes ice cream. Except those who are lactose intolerant. They can have frozen yogurt. They still like ice cream. It's, which is, which is yeah. not, you know, actual ice cream. Is, is frozen yogurt not actual yogurt? I don't think it is actually yogurt. If I remember the Big Bang episode, uh, the Bad Fish... I forgot the rest of the name of the title. It was the Bad Fish episode where Leonard talks to Penny as they're walking up the stairs exactly why frozen yogurt is not actually yogurt. The Bad Fish Paradigm. There it is. I am, uh, it's, Kate says it's sad that I'm proud of myself for remembering that episode title. It kind of is. Also, I've been watching the, the latest season of that show and I'm not pleased with it. How so? Do you really want to get into this right now? I'd love to get into this. I'm very curious to see what you think about these things. I think that the jokes are getting stupid. I think that the whole series is getting ridiculous and redundant, and I don't like the portrayal of nerd culture. Do you have any specifics? Not off the top of my head. Feel free to find some, because I'd love to actually see. Brian, any, any input? I haven't watched the show in so long, I can't say one way or the other. Um, it was kind of funny in the beginning. I, it really did did portray nerds not very well, but media doesn't tend to do that anyways. I mean, if you want accurate nerd portrayal, go watch nerd videos on YouTube. Um, I, I'd feel that some of those groups portray us as we would view ourselves. Yep. Well, okay, so now there's two questions here. Have anybody watched Betas on Amazon, and has anybody watched the second season of King of the Nerds yet? No to both. No to both. Yeah, same here. Is second season of King of Nerds done? I don't know if it's done yet, but I know it started. Maybe the three of us should submit applications for season three. Oh, thank you. I'm good. I'm not sure they would even allow me since I am now working for a, te- uh, a telco? media company. People normally frown on that if you start getting into other people who work for the mass media companies. Ah, uh, okay. Other topics. Well, speaking of the internet, the FCC has decided not to appeal the ruling on net neutrality. Yep. And instead, they're just going to write new laws. Well, that's what they do. So, uh, like, oh, uh, courts didn't like that one. Well, let's try again with something a little different. Which was kind of funny because it was... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I guess I'll have to see how the new laws are to determine whether or not this is a good or bad move. Well, it was the FCC's fault many moons ago when the ISPs first said, hey, do we really need to be classified the same as the phone company? And the FCC said, no, no, you don't. Yeah, probably should have said yes. Yes, you do. Yeah, they, they probably should have said yes. And which is what they're going to do with this new writing is try and basically get them to be classified as the telecom. Especially well, since we- half of them are phone companies. Oh, yeah. Right. Because basically everybody is considering the Internet to be the same as a phone line. So it's like one of those staples that you have if you're looking for you, – you need electricity, you need water, you need heat, so you need the Internet. Garbage. Dave, are you just going through your bills in your head? Pretty much. Oh, shoot. I should start – yeah, I have to pay a couple of those. Shit, I have to start paying bills. I do. 
a pain. Damn bills. I also need to work out my taxes. Oh, mine are done. I cried when the little number in the corner went from like $536 to $28. Oh. I think that's a state. Oh, anything yet. No, that was federal. Ooh. I don't owe anything yet, but I have some more stocks that I need to enter. I, 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 I. I sold uh, a lot of stock so that I could, you know, buy a house. So you're going to get caught on the, the taxes on those, Capital gains. So speaking of uh, net neutrality, uh, Netflix and Verizon are having a lot of fun. Yeah, this was kind of bizarre. Have you guys, I mean, Bri, you watch a ton of Netflix. Have you noticed a, a decline in quality? I don't have Verizon, so um, I, I haven't had the chance to notice it. I mean, I have. It's the, it's not just if you're a Verizon subscriber, though. So I have noticed a decline in uh, watching House of Cards the last couple of days. Well, that's because everybody was watching House of Cards the last couple of days. It shouldn't make a difference in Netflix. True. Yeah, if if everyone's watching the same show or everyone's watching a different show, that makes zero difference. Very true. Very true. Might even be easier on Netflix. Because they can get away with caching it and stuff. So Netflix has an ISP, just like you guys do, just like I do, just like anyone who connects to the internet does. That ISP is called Cogent. Yay, Cogent. Cogent and Verizon are both ISPs and and have something called peer exchange where they basically had an, an unwritten agreement to freely trade usage of their pipes. Yeah, we explained this many moons ago on the podcast. Right. Well, Verizon has been not upgrading their side and saying, "What? no, if you want us to upgrade our side, because remember, Verizon's still using Cogent's pipes, but Verizon's saying, no, if you want to use our side because you are responsible for so much additional traffic, you have to pay us money. You mean a telecom doesn't want to spend money to upgrade their infrastructure? I know. What? That might dig into their profits. Their record high profits. Somebody's like, man, we're going to lose half a million off of this. Screw that. So that happened. Cogent has, has started like publicizing this and saying, ah, this, this is really not cool. And I've seen quite a, a few people on the internet through Reddit or whatever writing letters to Verizon saying, hey, pick up your end. I'm paying you for internet. If you're going to degrade my service, I'll go somewhere else. Which is kind of funny because you can't go anywhere else. Yeah. There's some options that are much slower, but I mean, if you're going to have Netflix be super slow anyways, what's the difference? True. I just feel like I should write a letter to them and be like, I'm going to be very upset, but I'm going to still pay you money because you are my only option for high-speed internet. Uh, write an open letter with that. Just say Write like, a what? Write an open letter. As in to a newspaper? No, as in you write the letter to Verizon, but you don't send it, you publish it. Uh, and try what? and let the internet take it somewhere? Right. Where would he publish this at? Pick a site. Reddit, Facebook, WhatsApp, whatever the hell that is. Which is now owned by Facebook for $19 billion. All right, somebody please explain to me what the hell WhatsApp is. It's a messaging application. So it's like Trillion. Or AIM. Or AIM, okay. Yeah. Or Google Talk. Yeah. Which is now Google Hangouts, my apologies. $19 billion. Yeah. Apparently this um, this product itself, though, you do they have paying members. Each person pays a dollar a year for the product. Dollar a year is not a lot of money. No, but when you have 450 million subscribers, that's a lot of money. So technically, so, it was 16 billion, and then they gave the WhatsApp employees 
three billion dollars worth of stock. Hey, Facebook stock's actually not as bad as it used to be. Not as bad as in it's higher now. Yeah. Okay. We could hop onto that topic real quick and talk about stocks and IPOs. Yeah, because I don't understand exactly why Facebook paid, unless they literally want just more of a user base and more information about people. That's why they probably paid $16 are. billion dollars for this? That's probably why. User base, um, I mean, potential integration. No one that, well, I can't say no one. I, there are many millions of people, I'm sure, are using Facebook Messenger. But and that's this, 450 million. Yeah, this has a, a much higher penetration. And Facebook is always looking at their mobile application because that's how everybody is digesting the internet now is through mobile applications. Yep. Digesting? Consuming? Digesting. It's the same difference. Okay. Sure. Digesting the internet. Um, nom, 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 nom. One megabyte at a time. That would be so slow nowadays. Okay. One gigabyte at a time, but still, I guess- you got to give me props for that pun. That was just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you could have just done one bite at a time. One bite at a time, sure. But yes, yes then one you would have said that's extremely slow. That way we can eat an F, then an A, then a C. Like, no, that's way too slow. I've always wanted to experiment with how much of the internet's speed of digesting a web page is your personal computer and how much of it is actually your internet speed. It'll depend on the web page. True. So yeah, you'd have to hit like the the top 100 Alexa pages or something like that and then just compare it on your computer versus another computer that's higher or lower speed and actually like see how much of that is actually the bandwidth and how much of it is actually your computer itself. It's one of those things I've always been interested in. I have a feeling most of it is going to be the bandwidth. Um, but it really could depend on, on like if you're using a 50 year old computer. Yeah, that probably wouldn't work. But it, but how much of it is like are those Chromebooks? How much of those hurting, and how much of those is your if your five thousand dollar gaming rig is kind of overkill for? We all know it's overkill for surfing that, but where's the line? I think the Chromebooks are probably sufficient for for getting what you need. I mean, all that really needs to be done on the client side is all the JavaScript. Which probably doesn't take up... To, granted, I'm looking at the memory usage for Firefox and Google Chrome right now for my computer, and it's a little scary. There's more and more JavaScript as of late. I, I will give you that. Because everybody wants an interactive experience on the internet. It's true. So, they, so speaking of the, the stocks, we want to talk about King's IPO. I'm disappointed in King. I they, they had said that they were going to hold off on their IPO until they had a second product on the ground and prove that they weren't a one-hit wonder. Well, they well, no, lied. They lied. Well, now they have that trademark, so yeah. They lied. The question now becomes, is Candy Crush Saga really worth $500 million? See, I and don't know. I never no. got into it. I never got it, into it. It's, it's bejeweled is what it is. Right, but if they would have done this when it was popular, I don't know if it still is, um, but back when it was popular, I, I could definitely see $500 million being reasonable. It's, yeah. The other part of this, and the article even points it out, is that there have been a number of uh, very high-profile IPO tech company, game companies lately that have all crashed and burned. And so the the market might actually be getting smarter at this point and saying, you know, maybe not. I don't know. Having read a lot of the, oh, the guy who wrote Moneyball and Blindside, what was his name? Let me go to the internet and find out. Aaron Sorkin? No, he was the guy who wrote Newsroom and The Social Network. Well, he was also involved in Moneyball. Michael Lewis, there we go. 
having read a bunch of Michael Lewis's book about books about the uh, stock market, it's a little sad to see how slowly the stock market is to actually learning things and how much they actually just want to make more money. <laughs> Isn't the point of the stock market to make more money? Yes, yes, it is. How are we doing for time? Uh, we can probably hit a couple more things and then switch to the random topic. Sorry, Sorry random review. So, uh, Super Mario? Yeah, this one's actually kind of neat. It was a little video if you have like a minute or so and you want to hear something. It's this ancient Chinese, I don't I don't know what to call it. It's some sort of wind Sheng? instrument. S-H-E-N-G? Yes. It is extremely old, but then the lady plays the Super Mario Brothers theme on it, and it sounds uncanny to what the NES sounded like. To be completely honest, it kind of sounds like a portable organ to me. I think that's exactly what it is. So I thought so it was just something Yeah, it, it's cute. generating the same tones that an NES would generate, which means you could do more than just Super Mario. You could do, like, any old Nintendo game. From a woodwind that's thousands of years old. I don't, I don't know if her current one is a thousand years old, or if it's just the woodwind itself is an old, old instrument. It probably is just a really old, old Because who would let her play an instrument that's thousands of years old? That would be put behind glass, do not touch signs around. Yeah. But I thought that was fun. That and the fact Talk- that uh, there are scientists who are creating a pizza that can stay on the shelf for three years. Mmm, pizza. Three-year-old pizza. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, put that on the ISS and they'll be pretty happy. Oh, they'll be Oh, yeah, I bet the ISS would be extremely happy. Um, and these are the MREs, I believe. Yeah, so I think the armed forces would be extremely happy. If they're stuck eating MREs, if you can eat a pizza that tastes like, you know, normal pizza. And it'll be hot, too, because most MREs have their own cooking source. Yep. Yay, rapid oxidation. I wouldn't mind trying one of these, seeing what it tastes like. No, yeah, I, I would be all for this as well, actually. And then speaking about eating and drinking habits, there's a fake pub in South Bank University? Yeah, it's the psychology students are trying to see how bars basically affect us psychologically and how the act of drinking affects us psychologically. So they literally built a bar as a lab. Is it a fake bar if it's a place where you can go and buy booze? But well, they, they won't always give you they, booze. They, yeah, they may or may not actually give you alcohol. It will smell like alcohol, but it might just be a placebo. Huh. So you may or may not be getting drunk. I know you that might be in a, the placebo group, but then you might also be in the normal group. Alcohol. Like there, there's absolutely a placebo effect to alcohol. If you think you are drinking booze, you will get drunk. So knowing that you're going to a place that may or may not serve you alcohol, would the placebo effect affect you? Or would the alcohol even affect you if you think that you're one of the placebo groups? I don't know, but where was this? This is whose idea was this? Some grad student, probably. Who's probably at the bar and was like, "Dude, what if we made our lab a bar? Dude, that'd be amazing! Whoa, that's a great idea." I somehow don't think it went like that. It would in Colorado. I mean, if you if you look at the the picture of the pub, it looks like a pub. Yeah, it right. Looks like a I mean, this pub. is this is a a British pub, so I don't think it was like the dude lets. I think it was like, hmm, I wonder if we could. By Joe, good. Okay, not with the like ridiculous. Just never mind. <laughs> not with the ridiculous Dick Van Dyke Cockney accent. Right. Okay. Uh, last topic: Bioshock Irrash Games. This, yeah, this one's kind of sad. sad because, yeah, irrational. I still have actually have not played Bioshock Infinite. I need to do that. I haven't That's played Bioshock game. Two yet. You haven't played Bioshock Two yet. That was also a good game. Mm-hmm. But they're uh, 
he's basically trimming down Irrational Games to make a smaller, more entrepreneurial endeavor at Take-Two. So it sounds like the the head honcho, Kevin Levine, is like, I'm tired of doing these games. Let's do something smaller, which really sucks for the other programmers. Yeah, there's going to be only 15 people left at the company. So they're actually basically having a a hiring fair at Irrational Games, and they're getting a bunch of other video game companies to show up to try and hire off their staff as quickly as possible. So they're trying to place them in other places, too. That's good. So yeah, he said, like, I'm giving you time to get your portfolios together, and then we're having this hiring fair, and I really hope somebody hires you. But we got to let you go. So he's trying to do this as softly as possible, but... It still just surprises me that somebody has that kind of power. Be like, eh, I don't want this company to exist anymore. If Steve Jobs decided to do that at Apple, do you think he would have been able to? Yep. I think so. Yeah, but I didn't think Kevin Levine was that high on the food chain. But I guess he is. Somebody hit the select button. Snake! Ken Levine, right? Not Kevin. Yeah, Ken Levine. All right, so that's all the topics. So we should hit the random review. Okay. Uh, did we want to bring up anything about Twitch Plays Pokemon? Is that still going on? It oh, is yeah. still going on. Maybe we should tell people what it is at the very least. I don't even understand how it's working, so somebody else explain it. So there is a game of Pokemon, and it's Pokemon Red, that has been set up as a Twitch stream, Twitch TV. And the way you you do this is you type in a command into the chat. And that chat gets loaded into the program as an input. So you have right now 68,000 people trying to use the same controller. Yeah. And it's interesting because um, they've made some modifications to the game based off of um, getting back feedback and like having issues with a couple million people trying to play the game at the same time. Um, they are now kind of having voting on whether or not they want to do an anarchy-based control scheme or a a diplomatic... Democracy. Sorry, democracy version. Um, And basically, it's the anarchy one would be literally how it is today. Somebody says left, it goes left, regardless of... So if somebody spams left, you're going left a whole bunch. Um, Versus the other way would be you vote on the next input. Looks like democracy is winning over anarchy. I'm actually watching about... So this has been going on for nine days and 17 hours, and I'm... Oh, they just got stuck. Oh, that's terrible. Uh Uh-oh. What do you mean, uh uh-oh? They're in the item menu. Oh, no. In the middle of a battle. That's not going to work. This isn't the time to use that. Oh, they got out of it. They're back into the, the attack. So how far in the game have they gotten? I don't know, but they have a level 59 Pidgeotto thing. Pidgeot. Level 59? Yep. Jesus. And they're they're playing against like the lab that has level 38 stuff. So it, it's kind of interesting to watch. It's a very interesting social experiment, I think. Yeah. Another thing that they did is uh, some people were spamming the start menu just to slow things down. Because um, start would just pause and unpause the game. And so he got rid of that just because it was just slowing things down. That's nice. It's kind of cool that they can they can do it live, as it were, that they can make these changes. Things you would never expect to see on the internet. 70,000 people playing the same game of Pokemon at the yep. same time with the same controller. Okay, so uh, random topic, random review. Random review. The Lego Movie. Woo! I have seen it. Brian has seen it. Yep. Dave has not. I have not yet seen it. Should I go see it? I think you should. 
I think you should too. How much did you play with Legos as a younger kid? I see the the thing with Legos and me is that I never had that creative spark to go in and make something on my own. I could build the 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 guides. I could take the instruction set and like build something with it and make it really nice and then I could modify that a little bit. Uh, but I never had the, like, I can build something from the ground up without instructions. So I was always kind of disappointed in Legos because it kept reminding me of that. That's okay, Dave. There's a type of hero for you in the movie for that. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but then it also kind of brought back memories of my childhood. Because the basically the 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 main fight in the movie was honestly what was going on at my household when I was younger. Gotcha. The instructions versus not instructions? Yes. yes. And there was an actually a time when my parents would not let me play with the Legos unless I built them individually. Like, I was not allowed to mix any of my sets. And there was one point where they were all mixed, and my I was basically told, like, you're not allowed to play with these unless you can put these all back together again in their original packages. Wow. See. So your dad was, a, or mom, I suppose, was a little OCD on that? I don't know. I was just knowing the fact that at one point they were all mixed together, which was fun because you were just building whatever. And then my parents were like, we need these back in their original boxes. We need to make sure that there's nothing missing, yada, yada, yada. You must only build the sets as they're supposed to be. Wow. That had to have been a pain to try to sort out. Oh, yeah. So my childhood with Legos was considerably different than both of yours. I basically just had a tub full of Legos. And I had the tub. I just couldn't build anything with it because I was terrible at it. And I, I rarely had any of the instructions um, until the later sets, which then I built the instructions. But for the most part, I just have a tub of random Legos that you just put together into whatever shape you like. Oh, they're at the, the psychic gym. Sorry. Dave, are you still watching Twitch? Maybe. So let's continue with the review. Right. Legos. I love how the fact that it was all computer animated, but they basically made it look like it was supposed to be stop motion with Legos. It actually was very hard for me to get into for a while because, like, the explosions are made out of Lego, too. Um, so you would just see uh, Legos appear and then disappear, and you'd be like, what? And then it... You finally get used to it towards the end, and then they change the style on you one more time. Yep. But yeah, it was. I loved the themes of the the movie. It was the conformity versus spontaneity, basically uh, the the inner child versus the, your your older square adult type figure versus the the craziness of spontaneity. And there's also the whole working together and doing it on your own kind of aspect to it too. Which that there was one little irk about me about that where they were saying like okay conformity was not necessary like there there was I could see that yes there was the, the, the near the end where they were like okay we, you can be individual but you can also work together but to me there was also that beauty in the beginning where everything was it was a well oiled machine and I I can see beauty in that but for some odd reason the Lego Movie thought, said that that was a bad thing I don't think that they said that was a bad thing I would even argue that that's Part of the reason why the uh, heroes were successful is because they learned to adopt that as well. Isn't the whole point that there should be a balance between the two? That's what the movie was trying to go for, is there was supposed to be a balance right. of being yourself, it's, but then also being part of a team. It's not that it's bad, it's just that it's you need a balance of it. 
But I, that's still that first part in the movie when he was just being a part of the team and there was not really any individuality. Where everything was still awesome? was. Yeah, where every shut up, Brian. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, Dave, if you go see this movie, you're gonna have a song stuck Everything in your head. Everything is awesome. Yes, that song. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Or I could go look at kittens. That song is actually done by um oh god, what's the name of the group? It's the Saturday Night Live group. Lonely Island? Yes, Lonely Island. And the lyrics to the verses following the main chorus prove why you would see that. Because they talk about, like, homework, it's awesome, socks, they're awesome. Yeah, that sounds like Lonely Island. Wow, Twitch just saved Pokemon. Like, they saved the game. I don't know how. Oh, Dave. This is really fun. Mm. No, trust me, Andy. Like, this is actually pretty fun to watch. Mm. Go watch it. I will when we're not recording. Oh, fine, I'll minimize it. It's gone there. I haven't seen the movie. I can't give you guys feedback on it. I was kind of a little sad, though, because I was expecting some of the humor that was in the uh, the, the Lego video games, which I didn't see in the movie all that much. There's a little bit, but they show it in the trailer. I, I think the games were there more for Lego to get the IP rights to all these different pieces. No pun intended. I st- I... <laughs> oh, it's... Like, it, I expected one thing, I didn't get it, but it was still an enjoyable experience. I'd say it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. But is it worth a watch at, like, $10 a ticket versus waiting for a second run theater or renting it or redboxing it? Uh, that's something that I'd say is up to the person. This isn't a movie that you need to see on the big screen. Um, but, I mean, if you enjoy the movie theater experience in general, then go see it in the theaters. If you hate movie theater experiences, wait till it comes out on Redbox. Okay. I was also trying to decide if I would want to go see it in 3D or not, because most of the computer animated stuff there is actually the movies you want to go see in 3D, because they're done. They're built in 3D. They can easily move it to the 3D medium. Yeah, and not have it look strange. Andy, are are you implying that movies shot in the real world are not in 3D? Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. It depends on the cameras used. Yeah, it depends on how they're actually filmed, if it's a post-production. It's a difference between Avatar and The Last Airbender. Right, but my, my point is that the real world is indeed 3D. Right, but in, yes, in I, the virtual I, world... I know, I understand I am a 3D solid object. I understand that, David. Okay, just double-checking. It's all in the fact that you can easily add a second camera in the virtual world. Yeah. You can add as many cameras as you want in virtual world. <laughs> oh, Kate, you're awesome. What did she say? Everything is awesome. Yay. All right, so. I'm going to put that in Andy's Random review before we get sometime. that song stuck in my head. Too late. You know it. I know I'm too late. So, random topic. What would be your significant other's dream vacation? It would involve a beach, a very large lake, Probably one of the Great Lakes or some other very, very large body of water, uh, preferably warm body of water, and horses. So Andy's cabin plus horses. Are there any horses that you can, like, rent near Manistee? I actually know of a couple of horse farms around the area. That would let us borrow their horses? I don't think you can borrow horses. Ride for a short period of time? You could probably go and rent a ride on a horse, but not just, you know, like, borrow the horse. Well, like, we we ride the horses down the beach. I don't think any of the horse farms around that area would actually let you do that. Yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to put horses on the beach or not. Well, if it's your private beach, you can do whatever. But it's not. 
Well, it's a private beach up to a certain point past the waterline. Well, uh, the waterline being the, the, where the waves are. You're allowed, I think, about like three feet from the edge of the waterline. That is considered public beach. So you could ride the horses along the surf. Yes. For me, it would probably be heading somewhere warmer. Um, I don't think a beach is necessary, but I do think a spa would be necessary. Lots of massages. Massages are good. Maybe some hot tubs. I think Kate would also like the the warm and the the relaxing. And I think there would be some time, just free time to read and relax and lounge. So it sounds See, like I'm can all for all that, go for the that same lounging thing. Yeah, that lounging thing is probably good. Like, have you have you done a lot of vacations with people who feel the need to do stuff? My parents every single time. Okay, so it's not just me. That's good. When I why would oh, you want to do something no, like that? Like when I go on a vacation, I want to. I'm content to like sit in the hotel lobby. There was a time where my, uh, I think I was with my mom and my grandma. We went to go to Boston. We were actually going to see my sister because she was on tour with the Fiddlers at the time. But a nor'easter hit Boston. And so, like, first off, driving into Boston where you're the only person on the highway because you're not allowed to be on the highway because it was a state of emergency and you're supposed to be off the highway. That's weird. I bet. (laughs) Driving into a major metropolitan town and you are, like, the only person on, like, a four wide highway weird Must feel like you're like part of an apocalypse yeah it was it's very you know last person on earth sort of feeling but so the city was under like feet of snow and my mom still wanted to go out and do the freedom trail which is going around boston and hitting all of the american revolution sites historical sites like there's two feet of snow outside yeah, half the time there's a there's a red line actually painted on the, the ground so you can follow the Freedom Trail. Not half for the time space. it was buried under snow, so we kind of had to like jog around these giant snow drifts because hey, we, we're trying to follow this line where I think the line goes here, but I'm not sure. Oh, there's a giant snow drift there. We will have to go around this building to follow said line. It was it was crazy. Yeah, I'm totally content to like sit at the lobby and just read or watch tv or play a game which is why vacations are always kind of weird for me because i can do all of that at home right i guess that's the main reason why i really enjoy it when we go over to the cabin because we can do all that but i can't do that next to the ocean or a a lake yep it it basically is basically a freshwater ocean the way you look at it because all you can see for as far as you can see is water i told you the story of when my my parents took their my mom's cousins from Argentina and showed them the Great Lakes and they said like oh so we're at the ocean because they just had they couldn't have the concept of a lake that big no yeah I having spent my childhood on the lake and then finally going to the ocean one time it was just like oh this is exactly like Lake Michigan except it's colder and it tastes like salt lots of salt so much salt so really I mean it's sounding like if we just hire a masseuse to come meet us in Manistee that that's kind of the perfect vacation we also have to get horses and horses a masseuse and horses. This is sounding better and better. A masseuse and horses. This is sounding weirder and weirder. I'm with Andy. <laughs> Laura's behind me nodding enthusiastically. Now, okay, so here's the question. If you had one or the other, a masseuse or a horse, which one would she go for? Which one would, would Laura go for? Yeah. Yes. Do I get to ask or do yes. I have to guess? Yes, this is Laura, my question to her through you. Masseuse or horse? You have to choose one or the other for a vacation. Yes, Seriously. She's thinking. 
Horse. Masseuses can be bought anywhere else. Horses can be where you are, too. Yeah, but we haven't done that. She's gotten a massage here. She hasn't gotten to ride a horse here. So she'd want the horse. Fair enough. Okay. Well, that answers that question pretty uh Pretty thoroughly. solidly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess that's a wrap, then. All right. Bye. Thanks, Bri, for coming on. Thanks for having me. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.